This is the audio version of the Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego podcast. The YouTube show broadcasting every Sunday in which Lena Sultana hosts a show celebrating the events and culture that make up the fandoms we love. This is season 6 episode 11 broadcast on Sunday the 4th of November one week after MCM London Comic Con and 6 days before the crucial San Diego Comic Con open online badge registration basically the general sale and the last chance for anyone to land badges for next year's event as is our want we split the show into two the latter half talking the badge sale but for the start we bring on special guest CJ who is one of the hosts of the live stage at MCM it was great to talk to CJ as it gave a real perspective on how the show has changed and evolved specifically over the past 12 months under the auspices of Readpop. And we also have regular contributor Mark Serby chiming in as well. It's a fun show, this one. If you do enjoy this hangout and you want to hear more, you can support us by liking, subscribing and sharing our YouTube and SoundCloud and also by visiting our Patreon page. Please head to patreon.com slash EnglishmanSDCC to find out more. So welcome along to Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. I have my tea for the first time in, what, two months? I, I'm always running around like a blue-ass fly. I never get the chance to get myself a cup of tea to sort it out. So I'm, I'm all beveraged up. It's fantastic. Um, welcome along to our weekly show where we talk con culture, Comic-Cons, um, all the stuff and nonsense that goes on around these shows. Um, don't forget, you can follow along on uh, Twitter, on Englishman SDCC, and also you can keep up to date with all of the things we get up to on a new site called the Convention Collective, uh, which uh, myself and Mark contribute to, so please head along to that. And of course, you can support us at patreon.com slash Englishman SDCC. Two topics we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, San Diego Comic-Con um, Open Online Badge Registration, which takes place next Saturday, which is going to be the last chance for anyone to get hold of those treasured badges for San Diego next July. And we're going to be talking about um, MCM London Comic-Con, which took place last weekend. I was there as a panel host. We've also got a panel host that's going to be uh, joining us as a guest. Uh, so we're going to be getting in that in into that in a second. Also, halfway through all of this, I'm going to be giving you a chance to win this, which is the Frank Quitely uh, Sketches and Drawings, or Drawings and Sketches hardback, courtesy of BHP Comics. Uh, they've been very generous to uh, give me a copy of this to give away. Uh, we're going to be telling you about that halfway through the show. It's well worth checking this out, because uh, if, you, if you want to pick up a copy, if you do go to bhpcomics.com, uh, you can find out more about this book. It's all the behind the scenes of stuff like um, Jupiter's, Jupiter's Legacy, um, We Three. Uh, there's some um, Superman stuff in here. There's uh, Nothing to Declare, um, Pax America, Jupiter's Circle. Great book, and I really would recommend it, but we're going to be giving this away to somebody watching live on the show, and we're going to do that halfway through today's show. We've got ourselves a bunch of people on the uh, chat room already. Craig Linders, uh, greetings from South Dakota. Andrew English, hello all from London. We've got Sarita P who's joining us. We've got um, everyone who's kind of just getting uh, settled and uh, not stressed for uh, next week's batch sale, uh, which is I can understand because it's one of those things which it all just piles in for a couple of hours to try and get those uh, badges. So uh, that's what we're going to get into uh, today. 
um, let's quickly dive into the, the show then. We've got ourselves two guests. First and foremost, we've got ourselves, um, yeah, uh, someone we haven't seen on the show for a while. Mark Serby is joined us. Hello, Mark. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, you invited me on uh, probably about a month and a half ago, something like that, and I chose to go and see the Arctic Monkeys instead, so hey. What the <laughs> hell, man? Come on. It's, we're here. I mean, the internet is permanent. The Arctic Monkeys are flyby nights. I mean, what can you do? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. Um, but, uh, well, I'm, uh, it's great to have you back. I mean, I know that you went to the um, London Film Festival. How did that go yes. for you? Uh, it was really good, actually. Um, you know, it gets a bit of a bad rep from time to time. But for me, it was perfect. I mean, it's it's exhausting because the Saturday I did five films. The Sunday I did four films. The Monday I did two films. The Tuesday I did two films and then had three days off and then did four films. And that was it. But you get to see a wide variety. You know, it's not all the big hitters. I think that's the good thing about it. There are some very small films. And there's a lot of films that don't have uk distribution yet either so it's kind of nice and if you go as a regular punter which is what i do because you get an intro or a q a after with the director and the cast they fly them all over it's kind of cool excellent i mean i do know that um films and tv are your main bag uh, which is why i know that you went to mcm with a very specific uh, kind of frame of mind uh, mm. with uh, the kind of things that you want to see which does kind of spill into your thoughts about MCM, which we'll get into in a, in a second. Uh, but uh, I think we'll first uh, also introduce our uh, our special guest for this week. You are a special guest. It's CJ the Geek. Now, am I calling you CJ the Geek all the way through this, by the way? Just call me CJ or Spiky Haired Northerner, whichever you prefer, I don't mind. <laughs> You're getting CJ because I think Spiky Haired Northerner could just be a bit much after a while. I, very yeah, true, very true. Yeah, I think we'll stick with CJ. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, CJ is the panel host on the live stage MCM, which is a unique stage because uh, it's not block boxed off. It's not um, black curtained out. Um, it's very much a, a catch-all kind of stage because it gets everybody and anybody on that stage. Uh, I think, uh, well, introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about uh, your uh, kind of like history of geekdom, as it were. Uh well, hi, I'm CJ. I apologise in advance for the random rubbish that I'll be spouting on this podcast. Uh, I think always that kind of warning needs to be said. But uh, yeah, I host the live stage at MCM, which is a very unique stage. I haven't really seen anything like it at other cons. We are usually right in the middle of the con. We live stream as well. It's a very close-knit stage, and we have all of the guests. We have the TV stars, the movie stars, the authors, the graphic artists, the comic book writers. We have everybody throughout the whole weekend and it's right with the crowd we interact with the crowd we get the crowd involved in the panels the best we can we sometimes have the crowd coming up and getting involved on the stage and cosplayers there we kind of do a bit of everything and it's just non-stop fun banter and bad dad jokes from me <laughs> I have no problem with bad dad jokes. I, I have a nice little line in them myself. I, I'm a, I appreciate them. Uh, I think the great thing about the live stage is, like you say, you get everybody in. It's very short, sharp shock as well because they're only they're, they're slightly shorter panels than you would get at the the bigger stages. It's mm -hmm. um, it's not as it's also not as say as focused. It's very much a case of. Um, introducing people to the the guests rather than people who would know who they are if that makes sense does that make sense yeah we have them roughly for about 20 30 minutes it's kind of one of those this is who they are 
this is what they do, this is how you need to know them, this is where you can find them, and then usually I do something a bit fun or silly with them if I get the opportunity as well, just to kind of, it's a very relaxed stage, it's not kind of question, 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 it's more of a friendly fun chat, have a bit of fun, then we kick them off the stage, and then we'll have the next guest on in 10 minutes. Uh, On average, we have about 11, 12 guests from opening until the closing uh very little break between so it's uh it's hectic but it, it's fun because it's not just yourself either, either is it? it's a whole team that uh puts on the uh that live stage uh, i mean obviously you've got the the tech crew in the corner that beaver away and uh, put the stream together and get all the guests together and everything together but on actually on stage it's yourself and tabitha isn't it Yes, we also have a third host, Mark, who helps us when he can jump in as well. So it's myself, Tabitha, usually also known as Artifakes, who is a very popular cosplayer as well. Um, She does a lot of the cosplay judging for MCM. And uh, yeah, we try and space out the guests between us, but there's there's very little in terms of breaks because we're always trying to fight to get to meet them and go on the stage and uh, interact with the audience. Even when there isn't a guest on stage, we're doing giveaways, we're having a bit of a laugh with the audience. I personally try to bully the audience, which I'm surprised they haven't got wrong for yet. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all good fun. It's a lot of high energy. Um, you need a lot of energy on that stage, certainly. It's definitely a contrast to all the other stages that uh, take place at MCM. Um, and I, I can imagine as well that there's this real sense of this kind of, it's the, the front of house of MCM. It's the, the port of call that people kind of go and check out before they go and check out the other stages. But do you kind of get, did you get a sense of how MCM had changed uh, for MCM London? Because this was certainly the uh, the first one that MCM had done where they ch- t- changed a bit of a shift of their focus uh, of uh, the guests that they'd gotten involved. They definitely poured a lot of money and time and effort on the Comics Village guests. So I can imagine you had a number of those on, on uh, the live stage. Oh, in the past year, um, well, the MCM live stage used to have a different name. It used to be the MYM buzz stage, which changed this year with Reed Pop taking over. So we kind of pitched the idea of it being more about live, interactive, and having more of the guests rather than just, uh, I know this is a horrible phrase, but the more popular guests, the TV, the movie ones, which kind of draw people in. But I hate that term because really popular is in the eyes of the beholder because it's Comic-Con, it's about graphic novels, it's about comic books, it's about books, it's about the graphic artists, and there's definitely been a shift since Read Pop have taken over to bring those people to the forefront, and I think this weekend alone we had, I think, over 13, 14 guests just to do with authors and books we had about 10 guests to do with comic books and we had about 10 guests that are more the again i hate saying it but more popular media as it were so it was a very interesting mix and i think having the live stage in the center and probably being the really loud stage you hear us echoing around the con it gets people in and gets people sat down and go oh well what's this author about oh we'll go check that out oh what's this comic book about and it i think it's it's been great to see that shift and we're kind of it is more Comic-Con. It's more comic books, books, and popular media. Because certainly when it comes to the live stage, and I think I've seen it with a number of other shows where they have um, a kind of a seated area where there's no, you, you can set your stall and you can sit there for the duration of the day. And people have taken that opportunity to kind of, I can see all of these desks that come onto the stage. And it's almost like, 
I don't have to then run off to separate stages and they all just almost kind of come to me. They come to this stage where I just sit there and uh, take in all of these guests. Now, in the previous uh, shows, like you say, they have had the, the slightly more mainstream and high profile guests. This was more guests that perhaps they weren't too familiar with. Did that change the shift, the tone of the live stage at all? No, um, we, we kind of got used to the idea that we're going to have a kind of big kind of range of guests, which again, I think it's great because we're in the centre, people are walking past and the kind of here in the lively atmosphere, they're going, oh, who, who's that? Because we always have the screen in the background, which has like the name of the guest and everything like that. And we usually have photos linked to them. And even if people are walking past and go, oh, what's this stage about? And they say, oh, well, this is comic book. Oh, there's a comic book stage on the other side. Oh, the center stage is over there. We're kind of like the come check us out. Then if this interests you, this is where you can find them and move on from there as well. But it's it's been different this con. I think, as you said, there has been a shift from those more TV and movie guests that people are used to at Comic Cons. But having that range of people and having different personalities on stage and getting the chat to people about how they have these ideas, how it's developed and how they've kind of moved to that next step. It's, it's really interesting for me just knowing how someone had this idea for a book and all of a sudden the year, like one of the things I've learned, which I find amazing, from someone going from writing a book to the point it actually gets published can be two or three years. And from interviewing authors, I was like, I didn't realize that. I thought be, you write it for a year, it gets published, boom, it's out there. A lot of people starting out, it's took two or three years of trying to get it published. And then it goes from two or three years to getting it published to say, right, we want a sequel. You've got one year. And just that shift and knowing the pressure is just so interesting and knowing that some authors have like a crime scene wall where they prep everything out to other authors going, yeah, just make it up as I go along. It's just so interesting hearing how people work and develop compared to what you'd expect to have TV and movie guests on. I, I really enjoy meeting all the personalities. I, this is where I introduced Mark Serby stage left uh, as somebody who is the author of a book um, who has uh, taken his fair time in putting it together. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Mark, um, I'm sure you can sympathize with the whole. Yeah, it doesn't just take it. it we don't just put it together in a year. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, everything that CJ was saying there, I was I was chuckling to myself because he is bang on, you know, two to three years. Yeah, that's about right. You know, two and a half years for my book. And then, you know, I'm, I'm still promoting it now or 18 months later. So, you know, the, the thing is what CJ was saying there is a lot of things that the, the general public don't realize is how long it takes and what goes into it as well. So as CJ was saying, you kind of find these things out when you go to these panels. And, you know, it's kind of it's interesting because people have different ways of working. I mean, CJ was saying that some people have it on their wall. I have to say I'm the same. I have it on my wall. It is just here. Um, and I cross it off each time I've done something. But as I was saying, there are other people. So, yeah, I mean, it is it's fascinating, certainly to me as well. And um, I think a lot of other people how different people work on their box. It is absolutely fascinating. And yet, really, at the end of the day, it's the same sort of product, but it's just how you put it together. It's a very different type of jigsaw. Fair enough. Um, you went on Saturday uh, on uh, MCM, uh, and like you say, you got the chance to see uh, CJ in full flight. Um, what uh, panel did you uh, watch him do? 
well i was walking past this was a thing but it was really busy um so i mean i it could have been any this is the thing i don't i honestly don't know i'm walking past and you know as cj was saying there people do get hyped up and whatever else um i'm trying to think um oh there was um no it's gone it's gone but I, as i said i walked past a couple of times there was certainly a point when i walked past where craig fairbrass was it uh, was yes that, that, that was name? saturday morning well the first yes yeah so i was walking past there and you know it was it's kind of nice because you can walk past and you can see at that point there are a few chairs available but when you go past a bit later by midday i mean don't even you know there's so many people crowding around that section that you really can't see and you know all the seats are taken and then you're about four or five people deep from the people at the back as well. So if you are a short ass like me, you cannot see unless you're sat down. So it's very difficult for people like myself who are short to know who's on the stage. And that's why they have me because I'm really loud. So at least you can hear what's <laughs> happening rather than being able to see it. <laughs> Makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, it, you know, certainly when I've seen um, over the past couple of uh, years, when uh, you've gotten those mainstream uh, headlining guests, uh, it does get incredibly busy and it really does bleed out into the, the aisles and just into every available space to try and get to see who's on stage. But I think it's safe to say that there was one group of people that were invited to MCM this time around, which if you'd have gotten them on stage, it would have gotten even more insane in that area critical role uh, pretty much uh, it had an influence on every square foot of uh, mcm this time round, and it was uh, taken off the live stage for uh for, i mean i believe the official line was a fire risk and um, what risk? it was is um no well critical role is huge and uh we had spent many we spent the friday night and the uh, saturday afternoon planning right how are we going to cope with the amount of people coming to the live stage and we're looking at seating we were looking we were starting the tape off areas to make sure it's safe and we we were concerned at the live stage the staff were concerned from mcm and it was the right call for health and safety wise that it had to be moved back to the main stage um obviously as a host you're absolutely devastated that you're going to be losing this type of panel. I'd um, prep this one. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it because if we ever get them back, fingers crossed, I want to do this panel a certain way because I hate Q&As. Like me personally, I can't sit through Q&As for very long. So I like to do, well, if you've ever seen the live stage, I like to be silly. I like to have fun. So I've prepped this fun thing, which I don't want to spoil for Critical Role. But um, it made sense to move them back. And it's it's tough when you're losing guests, but I 100% agreed. I, I was there going health and safety wise. I'm thinking I'm going to have to go buy a Lucille bath from The Walking Dead and hit people back from the stage <laughs> at one point. But um, it made sense putting it on the main stage. It was such a popular panel. You know, Critical Role have a brilliant host as well, Brian, um, who... If it was on my stage, it was going to be me that hosted it. Um, but on the main stage, that's where he loves to be. And uh, it just made sense. But I went over, I was speaking to the agent, and I helped arrange the photograph at the end with the crowd in the background. So even though I didn't host the stage, I still got to meet Matthew and everyone and like chat with them and stuff, which was nice. But um, yeah, one day, hopefully, the live stage will just... You know what we need to do? 
get rid of all of the other stages, just add the chairs to the live stage and just have the live stage empire. And then I shall overrule MCM by myself. <laughs> well, this is where, I mean, I remember going down to Excel for one of the first uh, events that I um, saw Repop hosting there, which was Star Wars Celebration. And they had the major arena down the bottom end. Uh, and they, what was that? Four and a half thousand, five thousand capacity room, hmm. um, and I can imagine you on that stage tearing the roof off it. I think that would that would be a real natural home for you. Yeah, the thing is though, um, the bigger stages. I don't know if I'd enjoy it as much because I like going out in the audience, having fun, interacting with them. I could do a big stage, but I think that the thing about the live stage is it's just so close-knit with your audience. You can have that interaction. We like to go out and chat to them and everything like that, and you kind of lose that a bit in the big halls. You lose those kind of personalities and meeting those people. But um, I think I can say this on behalf of MCM because we had a and a afterwards, and um, MCM are looking into ticketing systems for panels like that. They are looking into looking at using the bigger stage area for panels like that and having a more, I think the terms like kind of more like the US cons where I think they did for Star Wars actually mentioned that where you queue for a ticket in the morning, you get that ticket and then you get access to the panel. They were saying that they, are, they have learned from what's happened with Critical Role. They are listening. I know a lot of people are really disappointed saying, well, you should have done that on the Sunday. But for that to get organized and for that to get sorted for such a last minute move, it wasn't possible. And people are saying, well, you're not listening to us. I can promise you they are. I've had these discussions with them. And all I'm going to say is watch this space. It is just the first year that Read Pop have ran MCM. And I think they will be taking elements of what's worked with MCM and elements that works with some of the US cons. And I think next year, I think you will really see a lot of changes in MCM. I thought that was going to be my next question as well, because I know that you um, took part in that. Uh, the, the, it's almost like the, the talkback Q&A, uh, as we would know from New York Comic Con or San Diego, that it would be recalled as the talkback panel at, uh, at, on that stage. What was the big questions that were being asked on that stage from people? Because when I've attended it in the past, it's been very kind of frivolous because people aren't aware of what this panel really is because it's, it's kind of a new concept for MCM. But I can imagine this time there were genuine concerns. There were questions that were being put forward. What was the big issues or the big questions that were being asked? Well, a lot of it was where from the answers I've just said about yeah. the critical role and size and for stages and everything like that. That was some of the main concerns. It's uh, interesting because these panels first started in, oh, I want to say it would have started in March for MCM Birmingham. And it started off with three or four people at the Q&A. And it was me more asking the questions. Yeah, I think I just kept coming to you thinking, right, I've asked two questions. He has the horse. You can ask another one. But um, this one was starting to get more full. People are starting to get more of the ideas. And people are asking questions about how are Comic-Cons ran? How much does it cost? How do you decide on guests? Um, what things are you putting in place in the future? So people are asking questions so they get more of an understanding because a lot of people don't realize, yes, you MCM want to do all of these amazing things, but it comes down to costing as well. And people are saying they don't want to pay more for tickets, but then if we don't, if they don't have the money, then they can't get those things. Because if you look at the prices, and I'm sure you'll back me up on this, the price of American con tickets, you're talking for like one day, it's about $60, $70, which is roughly about £60, £70 for one day. When you're paying for MCM, you're paying about £60 and you're getting three days. 
So there has to be that kind of, yes, you want big guests, but you also want the cheap prices. There has to be kind of a, a halfway kind of limit. As it were. You, you you don't want to stick around for the open online conversation we're having in a bit because that's when you you'd go slightly pale at the price yeah. of uh, what uh, San Diego Comic Con is charging this year. Um, yeah, I think I'll also bring Mark into this uh, the conversation because Mark has put up his review of uh, MCM London Comic Con on the Convention Collective.com uh, over the course of this week, um, and it definitely referred to the shift of, um, like say, the money and the resources, because they definitely wanted to make it a Comic-Con, and they really brought in some of the heavy hitters of the world of comics, from Chris Claremont to Frank Miller to John Romita Jr. Honestly, the list just goes on and on. It really was an impressive lineup, but that did take away from the media guests, which MCM is kind of known for, and it does. they have gone out of their way to bring some great guests in the past. This year was a definite shift. Mark, you're, I mean, we've, we've kind of had this conversation before, um, before we came on air, because I thought this show was a massive success because of the brilliant guests they brought to comics. You felt that it lost some of its shine. What, did, what was your take on it? Well, I mean, my whole point in the review is that, you know, the October one has through the years always felt like the 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 younger brother compared to the April one. You know, the April one's always been the bigger one. Um, but this year it felt like I don't know. It just felt like in terms of spe in terms of media guests. Yeah. OK. You know, there was problems. You know, uh, Dave Batista obviously dropped out very late on and a couple of others as well. But it, it felt like. Um, people were coming expecting big name guests. And I think CJ hit the nail on the head is that actually, you know, people have got to pay for this. But some of the guests there were very much like, um, you know, you kind of thought, right, okay, great. But these are some of the guests have been around time and again um, and are at quite a lot of cons as well. There was some nice niche guests as well. Um, I will say that, you know, I met one of them, the lovely Catherine Isabel, who I had a lovely chat with. Um, but it just felt a little, I don't want to say down. You know, I, I think I put it in my review that it was I had a nice time. And I think, you know, if I equate that to a film, you don't go to see a Christopher Nolan film and come out and go, yeah, I had a nice time. You know, I'm, I'm looking at MCM as kind of the Christopher Nolans of the of the Comic-Con UK world. You come out and you say, I've had a nice time. I don't it, it just felt like it was, yeah, this is all right. But there was nothing that stood out for me. You know, I think that's the thing. And apologies, you know, to both of you, because I know you're both panel hosts, but here's the thing. There was no panel there that really stood out for me. You know, I, okay. I think... I uh, will like to say thank you very much indeed, Mark. It's been a pleasure <laughs> you uh, No, 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 no. Listen, Is it's this because you couldn't see over the crowds? Because honestly, that's <laughs> not our fault. If you want next London Con, I'll bring some yellow pages or one of those squatty, squatty schools. And you can stand on that if that'll help I've you got, get a nice con. It might do. It might do. I've got some Cuban heels, so I might wear those. But no, what I, you know, there was three or four years ago, uh, there was a panel for the first episode of Preacher. And I like and at that point I thought, wow, you know, these are really up in the panels, and all of a sudden you saw like Netflix and Amazon and people like that. And certainly over the past weekend, uh, you know, I take out critical role in this because, you know, you, you can't compare those. But there was nothing that really grabbed me, like really thought, damn, I've really got to be there two hours before. Um, but other people have other views on it. But I just felt like it was a little bit. It was nice. I had a good time. Um, that was it. 
When you turn around and say that you see MCM as the uh, Christopher Nolan of uh, UK cons, just to explain to CJ, he thinks the sun shines out of Christopher Nolan's eye. <laughs> so you can, you, that's the that's the kind of tier that he's aiming at, and I can understand that. We've got one or two people are jumping on the Q and A. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Andrew Dickerson about uh, was about five hundred people that didn't get into the main stage on Saturday for the critical role, uh, heard them from, uh, sorry, Andrew English turned around and said, heard uh, the critical role panel from outside the Excel center while he was taking pictures, uh, which kind of definitely gives you an idea of how much critical, uh, critical role uh, made an impression on an MCM at this time round. Um, Craig Lindis is asking what was the attendance at MCM. I don't think MCM or Repop have announced that number yet, but I do know that it was, I mean, we've got Andrew English who's also saying over uh, 133,000 for May, which, yeah, so you're, you're talking a, a serious amount of uh, footfall. Um, I'm just wondering if you've heard anything about the response from the audiences uh, and the, the people that attended MCM about the, uh, uh, the, the, the guests that they got this year. Uh, CJ. Um, it's again, it's one of those interesting ones because it has been a very mixed guest list for this one. Um, I always find October when it comes to the TV and movie guests, it's always a bit quieter because a lot of the TV guests are busy filming in America because their hiatus is in May. So usually there's a shift from TV and media guests in October and you see more of those in the May. But um, I think Critical Role was one that um, many people weren't expecting the impact it would have. And I think a lot of people have learned from that, which is great. It's also great to see kind of channels like that getting some recognition and seeing how this kind of YouTube and Twitch generation is starting to have an impact in Comic-Con. And I can see more guests like that in the future coming in. Um, a lot more authors and comic book artists this year. And to me personally... I enjoy cons that have more kind of stuff on the floor you can do and not just stalls, but like different things like the BBC stand where I thought was great. I love the Fantastic Beasts one that was there. The Grinch was there. And other cons, I don't want to name other cons because I don't want to sound too negative on them, but I know other cons focus on stalls and guests. And if that's what you like and you want to go get your autographs and your photo of the guests and then do a bit of shopping, Brilliant go to those cons but the thing i loved about mcm and this is the reason why i wanted to get more involved with mcm is is because it just it's so more interactive you've got your comic village you've got a cinema truck you've got not my kind of thing but you've got pop asia you've got the streamers in the gaming section you've got loud geordie shouting at you as you walk past you know these are the things which I enjoy. I like knowing I can do different things at different points, and not just oh, there's a guest, get an autograph, or there's a stall. I think you'll, I think you'll recognise it as well. Um, as somebody who's been to an MCM and as somebody who's hosted at them over a, a number of years, I definitely have seen the influence of a, a repop as well. That there's the definite um, sense of narrative to the floor that you can actually start from one side of the room and go to the other, and you can see a definite. Uh, an almost like a story being told as you go through it's mm. not kind of like okay there's a spare space we'll just throw in a moam stall or something it's it's not as um kind of haphazard as it has been in the past there's a definite through line to the actual um areas and the spaces and i think that's a definite repop influence because you see that at some of the american um events just to quickly um talk about comic village as something that i spent a lot of time in we were hoping to be joined by um one of the uh 
um, retailers, one of the, uh, the, the, the artists that had a, bo a booth at the Comic Village, and I wanted to ha get her sense of what the footfall was like because the people that go to um, MCM Comic Con for the comics, they are more for the or uh, more familiar with uh, the independent and small trade and small press publishers that take up the stalls at um, Comic Village. Obviously, they had 15, 20, 25 headlining guests this time around, which definitely added a different element to the Comic Village. Um, you had some major international guests, um, which I was actually thinking that perhaps might overshadow some of the rest of Comic Village. And I was wanting to find out what the footfall was like, because one thing about MCM is it is known within the uh, the comics trade as the one that you make your money at. You go to the lakes to go and showcase your stuff, meet your mates and have a, a good pint. You go to Thought Bubble and you go and meet your mates and catch up with everybody and have several pints and shots. Uh, you go to MCM to make the money. And I wanted to find out if they actually made the money this time around. I wanted to know if there was the footfall through Comic Village. Hopefully in the next couple of episodes, we'll try and get somebody on from Comic Village to try and get a sense of how that went. Uh, considering that we have been hearing words that um, it was very much um, uh, slightly awkward in the way that uh, Reed Pop had brought in all of this talent and indeed invited all of the guests. And somewhere along the line, the mattress wasn't being put out to catch the guests and give them a secure kind of experience as an as a, uh, exhibitor and as attendee. Uh, there was something possibly missed, a little bit of a gap in the experience, um, almost behind the scenes, as it were, for the actual um, uh, the exhibitors. Something that I want to try and do a bit of an examination on and find out a bit more as uh, the next couple of weeks, um, as the, uh, the kind of the aftermath of MCM continues. But I think we'll wrap up with yourself, CJ, just saying highlight of the weekend and also how you felt about MCM moving forward under the new Pop banner. Um, highlight. It's funny because someone always kind of asked, like, oh, what was your favorite guest? What was this? And it's kind of like it's not a favorite guest. It's always like little moments with each guest that kind of stand out. But there were so many, it's all just a blur. It usually takes me a week or two to go, did that actually happen? Because I remember, I sometimes go back and watch, the great thing is it's streamed live, so I can rewind back and think, did that actually happen? And w when did that happen? And a lot of the times, it's amazing, a lot of my favourite moments have nothing to do with the guests. It's to do with the audience interactions and getting them out the front and doing silly competitions and just those one-liners that they come out that just, it takes a lot to shut me up. And there was a few moments where a few audience members said something and I was kind of like, why do I do this? Why do I even bother? But um, I, for me personally, I love doing this stuff. I don't think there's ever been a con where there's like always one moment that stands out. I think just the whole weekend, seeing people, catching up with friends, meeting interesting guests, whether they be TV, authors, comic books. It's for me, it's just enjoyment. It's a hobby. It's something I enjoy doing and having that opportunity is great. And until they sack me, I'm always going to be loud. I'm always going to be annoying. And I'm going to make sure that you can hear me across every single step of that hall. So who knows what happens next year? Obviously, it's MCM Birmingham on the 23rd and 24th of November. And I'm very interested after that to see conversations with the new Read Pop staff involved 
and see what happens with the stages because I know they want to develop the stages, not just the live stage, but the main stage, the comic stage, the center stage. I know they want to build on that. I know there's um, a lot more people want to be involved in the stages. They want to see more interesting panels, and I know they are looking into that. That's all they'll tell me. I keep crying and begging them to tell me more, but um, I know they are trying to develop it. I know they are trying to improve. Obviously, this year was always going to be a tough year for them because it's staff changes and obviously you've got new staff coming in you've got comic cons obviously planned years in advance and getting that changeover right is obviously going to be tough but i think next year is going to be the most interesting year for mcm and seeing what comes across from the states and starts applying itself to the uk cons and now i've finished rambling i'm going to shut up no worries. I, I, I think everything you hit on there was pretty cool. Uh, like you say, I thought this was the uh, the, the interesting, exciting year about MCM. Because like you say, it's about how they deal with that transition. But maybe next year, you're right. Maybe next year we can actually see um, exactly where this path that uh, Repopper uh, taking it uh, will actually uh, will go. I think I'm, I'm curious to see myself uh, how it's go, all going to turn out. I'm also very interested to see how they do with the stages because certainly the content they put on the uh, the creator stage and on the comic stage it was interesting. It was um, it was it was the Q and A stuff that you say that you don't particularly enjoy, but it was kind of like getting under the skin of some very interesting topics. Um, Titan Comics introducing uh, people to White Noise Studios. Um, we had um, some great spotlight panels, some real uh, interesting um, artist panels as well, where you actually could see creators creating stuff on stage. I thought that was uh, something new for MCM. And uh, yeah, like you say, um, kind of relating back to the uh, the stuff that they've done already at shows like uh, Emerald City and at uh, New York Comic Con. It's great to see that influence coming into MCM. So that's, that was really cool. Um, thank you very much indeed for joining us, CJ. We'll let you get on and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You say that you're going to be at Birmingham? I should be, unless I get a phone call. Otherwise, I've got at least one more stage in me. And then, who knows, hopefully I won't annoy them too much and they'll get rid of me. But <laughs> time will tell. Whereas I've been informed that um, I think they've kind of really, they went really hard on their comics for uh, London. So I don't think they're going to be doing so much at Birmingham. Uh, so I don't think I'm going to be um, doing too much at Birmingham. Uh, so I think it's going to be London or the the, the next one in uh, 2019 where I'll I'll be invited back. Um, but um, before, well, tell you what, very quickly before we go, um, or unless Mark, have you pretty much said all you need to say about MCM? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I <clears throat> I've got something I'd like to say about something I, I witnessed and write something for the website about it. It's something that I noticed which I've never seen before, and uh, if this is the new trend. I am not a fan of it at all. It's nothing to do with MCM. I will say that. Go on then. No, no, I'm going to write the article. We're, listen, we're running out of time. CJ is much more interesting than me. Fair that enough. is true. That is no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> CJ, we'll look forward to seeing you on the live stream at uh, uh, MCM Birmingham, and it's been a pleasure talking to you, sir. And uh, hopefully, I'll catch up with you uh, the next time we uh, our paths cross. Awesome. Well, if you want me back for after Birmingham, feel free. Um, I'm quite happy to come back and insult Mark because it's been fun. So thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> you know what? I think that'd be a cool idea, actually. Certainly at the end of the, a year of MCM, just to kind of break down how that first uh, 12 months has gone. Yeah, I think that'd be a cool show. Uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to have you back, sir. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Nice meeting you, Mark. And thank you for everyone listening to me ramble on. You can now get to the good part of the podcast. <laughs> hardly, hardly. Right. Take care, mate, and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Goodbye. Bye-bye. 
So there you go. That's CJ the Geek. Uh, we didn't actually ask him where you can find him online. <laughs> that's usually something we wrap up on. But I do know that you can find him on Twitter at CJ the Geek on Twitter. And it certainly gives you all the updates of what he gets up to throughout the course of the year, especially the stuff that he writes for Spoiler TV. So uh, do check that out. Right, so let's have a look at this. Um, we've got ourselves one or two people um, jumping in on the uh, Q&A. Uh, Andrew English, MCM London was streamed under MCM Comic-Con Scotland September 2018 live stream. <laughs> I think that kind of sums up that kind of disconnect between the organizing and the final experience. There's this gap where it doesn't quite nail the landing. I'd like to continue to work for MCM, but I, I think I, I have to say that there was this, the, the spinning of the plates and one or two plates did get dropped along the lines. Um, I mean, there's certainly been a number of um, comic artists um, or comic creatives and comic pros that went to MCM and they just felt pushed around. They felt mismanaged and uh, that's why I'd really like to get somebody who exhibited to kind of give us a, a real sense of what uh, MCM was all about. Right, uh, what else have we got? Um, Andrew English, uh, is Graham going to MCM Birmingham? Yes, he is. He's going on the Saturday and so is Andrew. So you never know, we might even try and get them on as a bit of a, uh, a kind of response to that show as the smaller event because uh, there's definitely a different focus on the, the there's the flagship show there's the mcm london and then there's the other events which kind of yeah it kind of makes sense so there we go right um i'm going very quickly then give you the chance to win this which is the frank quietly uh drawings and sketchings book which is absolutely amazing i mean you can buy it, buy it uh, from bhpcomics.com 18.99 as you can tell it's not massive and it is available in a hardback and a so like a softback version. This is the hardback version. Um, and it's, I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. The artwork that's inside the, the kind of, the process that uh, Frank Whiteley puts into his work is just absolutely amazing. And I'm, I'm a big fan of stuff like We Three. So uh, it's great to uh, kind of see how uh, those uh, books were put together. And especially with the um, very uh, experimental um, kind of panel evolution for books like that excellent stuff so what i want to do is give this to somebody who is a true frank quietly fan what i need you to do is use the hashtag a cup of tea oh sorry cup of tea versus bhp okay i know that sounds a little bit convoluted but bear with it it's cup of tea versus or vs bhp the reason being, BHP are the people that have been uh, the ones uh, that published this and have been very generous to uh, let us give this away. So use that hashtag. That's cup OT VS BHP. But what I want you to do is also tell me what your favorite Frank Quitely book is. Your favorite work by Frank Quitely. It could be anything that he's done with uh, Grant Morrison, uh, for example. He could do, uh, it could be something from All Star Superman. It could be any of his independent work that he's done with Mark Miller, uh, with, such as Jupiter's Legacy or Jupiter's Circle. It could be anything from his early stuff. Um, but basically, I'm looking for a fan, and I'm looking for you to share with us your favorite Frank Quitely work. Okay, and you use that uh, on the hashtag on Facebook and on Twitter, and you use the hashtag CupOTVS versus 
BHP, okay, who have been very kind to uh, put this together and uh, give this away. Okay, hopefully that's not too complicated, but we're going to basically give this away uh, next on the next show, next Sunday, and we're going to pick somebody from the, uh, the entries, but uh, if you want to get that in, you've got seven days to do so, okay? Choose your favorite Frank Quietly work and uh, post it on social media using the hashtag CupOTVSBHP. And there you go. That's our competition for this week. Right then, Mark. I know that you wanted to come on to talk about uh, predominantly um, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, because, uh, I'm, well, I'm taking part in the badge sale. Are you? I'm on the list to help you're, out. Absolutely. Ah, you're, on the list, you're on the list to help out? Yes. Does that mean you're not coming next year? I will not be in San Diego next year, no. This is great because you could actually maintain the site for us while we're, we're um, out in San Diego. <laughs> Fantastic. But uh, uh, no, I will be involved in badges. You cannot uh, get me out of that uh, adrenaline rush. Uh, we all know it's an adrenaline rush. We all know it is a fear as well. Um, and the, uh, the the running man, is that what they call it? The running man, the green man? I'm trying to think what it is. What are we on about now? For getting into badges. No, the little blues, the circle of doom. Oh, sorry. I was thinking about uh, uh, somebody else who'd got the running man. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. yeah. But yes. So, yes. Badges on Saturday. Hurrah. Ah, yes. It is the uh, open online uh, badge sale. We kind of talked about this when we did the uh, podcast regarding uh, the or the episode regarding the uh, pre-registration badge sale. Um, one or two people sent me a whole bunch of articles, uh, certainly from the unofficial blog, uh, regarding what they felt, how many badges were going to be available on the open online and how many were going to be taken up by pre-registration. I still stand by my thoughts that um, it's not as uh, heavily skewed towards pre-registration as everyone seems to think. I think that they do want to try and get as many um, fresh faces through the door to kind of experience San Diego Comic-Con. Don't forget, this is a badge sale that is um, open for anyone with a valid member ID um, and also for anyone that didn't take part in last year's um, show and also anyone who took part in the returning registration and didn't get all of their badges. I think that's everyone or brand new attendees. Yes, it's basically if you've taken a bit of a, a gap year. Which, I mean, to be fair, 2019 is definitely a year to come back to. It is the 50th anniversary after all. It's their big anniversary, big birthday bash. Uh, so it is um, something which has gotten a lot of people's attention. Um, is there anything that you can talk about when it comes to the uh, the badge sale? Because I think the pair of us kind of watched the um, pre-registration with uh, much interest. Mm. Uh, because we were curious to see how they were going to uh, develop the badge sale. I know that... Um, for 2017, 2018, the badge sales took place a lot later because they were wanting to implement it very much like they had done with WonderCon to do a badge sale within the shell of the uh, ComicCon.org website, uh, taking away the uh, the process that they uh, used so far. At which point they couldn't quite get that to work either. To uh, it was just too much for volume control on the uh, actual uh, the site itself. But they know that this process works. Um, how do you feel about this badge process? Do you feel it's as good as it's going to get? Uh, I do, actually. Yeah, it's very sleek now. Um, you know, certainly you can't 
complain at how it's run yeah okay you can complain that you didn't get badges uh but they keep you informed along the way um even before it's opened at 9 a.m uh you know it's um it tells you what's happening and then the, you know the little stickers on the, uh, the little banner on there as well it tells you how uh, badges are doing and running low and the thing is as well as you know we're all on social media anyway so it is worth keeping an eye on that but i, I mean you can't fault it now and if you think back to the original days where it really was quickest on the f5 button it is night and day so i think it is probably the best it's going to be i mean you look at how you buy gig tickets for big bands it's the same sort of situation you're sat in a queue you're waiting and you're waiting that's it um you know, it's uh, they do have it down now. I think. I think that's the good thing is that you know CCI do have it down. They know all of the issues that they had. What eighteen months ago, two years, something like that, have disappeared. They worked those uh, kinks out, and it's all working nicely now. So you can't fault how it's run. I think it's interesting um, how entitled we are as geeks in <laughs> two thousand and eighteen that. Um, we feel that we are put out for waiting to find out if we've got our badges when it's all over and done with and can be in 90 minutes. Yep. Um, if you kind of get into the waiting room around half past, kind of get yourself settled, have yourself a, um, a beverage of some description and then just kind of hang fire. At the end of the day, you will know within 47 48 minutes was it or is it a little bit further more like 55 yeah um, close to an hour yeah, yeah it's close, it close to the hour that it's all done and done uh you've either got your badge or you're not uh to be fair this is the last uh, it's the last um call it's the um it's the last corral which means if you don't get your badge this time round, you are pretty much done for 2018 2019 um it is down to uh i mean I will not, I'm not going to say gaming the odds, but certainly badge teams help. Um, they are the best way to kind of uh, secure your badges or at least up the odds to securing the badges. And we've got people who have got uh, all sorts of badge teams ready to go. Uh, Graham Small, huge list of people on the open uh, reg sale for our group. Uh, super Cat Chick, first time in six years. I struck out in pre-reg. I'm super anxious for next weekend. I can totally understand and appreciate that. Uh, Graham Small, 87 people in our groups next week. Whoa, um, that's uh, quite uh, a lot. Uh, Dan Berry, just 19 straight and 22 overall. Uh, I think that's because, he, oh no, he's talking about how many cons he's been to. He's been to, he's been to too many. So I think we can scrap Dan off. Um, <laughs> um, because, you know, you, you've, you've done, you, you've, you've had enough. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> Um, Andrew English, if it wasn't for groups, I would have nothing this year. That seems to be the, the, the general consensus of opinion. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think if you're not in a group, um, in, a, in a badge buying group, then your odds are very, very small. But there are people out there, and I was one of them for the first couple of years, was not in a badge buying group, just got in just got in and very early on as well so you know as much as i'm saying you need to be in a badge group there are small amounts of people who get through on their own and it really is an intro it's a fantastic feeling thinking i did it all on my own i didn't need a badge buying group but with the way that badge sales are now if you're not in a group you really 
you really should be to be honest i think that's the thing it's uh it helps in your favor um and if you've got friends as well who help you out that's certainly a huge favor as well hmm. talking about the um the kind of level of interest that we see in this particular um badge sale considering that um i mean we were talking for 2018 that um we'd felt that um uh, again some of the shine had been uh, lost from uh uh, Comic-Con, not purely because that some of the big names weren't there, but just generally that the the kind of, the, we the, there was a definite sense of injury when it comes to fandoms and just kind of the, the pressure of arguments between you know, fandoms and um, within fandoms. It just, it just felt like hard work to be a fan of something in 2018. Now, obviously... Oh, I was going to say, but at the same time, when you're there, you kind of forget about it all. This is very true. And not only that, but you do have the return of some big names this year. Uh, well, next year, sorry. Uh, Marvel will be returning, no doubt, uh, for their uh, big uh, kickoff for the uh, the next phase. And obviously with the uh, the aftermath of Captain Marvel and of uh, Infinity War Part 2. Um, so all of that is uh, going to be happening. Um, and then you've also got Game of Thrones and the return of other big franchises as well. So it's like you say, the the, the level of interest is going to be there. Uh, it's also, of course, because it is the big birthday bash as well. I think a lot of people are uh, uh, especially excited about going. Is that going to make next week even harder? Is just the amount of bodies that are going to want badges? That's a good question, actually, because you do wonder if because it's been because regardless of marvel and game of thrones and whoever else coming back because it's the 50th i, I do wonder if people who have been out of it for three or four years have thought you know what we're going to go back one last time for that 50th anniversary because it's going to be very very special um you could be right actually it could be bigger than we've seen in the past couple of years in terms of open reg sale um just because it has uh, Sorry, I, I, I could actually feel everybody on the Q&A then, their hearts just going a little yeah. cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, th but this is the thing, you know, it's it's San Diego. It's always going to sell out really quickly anyway. It's always going to, you know, it, gone are the days of being able to rock up and buy your ticket on the day. Gone are the days of being able to buy your ticket three days later. It's always going to be like this now. Um, but with it being the 50th anniversary, I think it does heap a little bit more pressure onto it, maybe. Um, I guess what we can say is, listen, I know it's anxiety. I know it's difficult. Just breathe. Just relax. Take your time. And when you're in that um, screen and you're getting the badges, take your time. Make sure you've even spelt your own name right. That's the important thing. Yeah. 15 minutes you've got 15 minutes to uh, to put all the details in and whatever you've got uh, allocated when you enter that uh, badge buying process that's fixed for that process so yeah absolutely um Alyssa franks i'll be monitoring uh, the friends of comic-con groups and posting twitter updates when folks are starting to get in i'm going to be obviously taking part as well so i'll be uh, that's i'll tell you something that's the one thing that we really missed out on this on the uh, um pre-registration because um caroline um because uh there were of various uh, factors that involved someone else effectively going in to get the badges on her behalf she was sat there twiddling her thumbs so she, was, <laughs> she felt so out of it and because I, i'm not um, eligible to uh, take part in the pre-registration um i was also unable to kind of keep a track on what was going on 
which meant I was twiddling my thumbs. I felt so out of it. I felt so, oh, it, it felt weird. <laughs> it was so wrong. See, that's why, like that's why I'm helping as well, is because I, I think I would feel the same as you. I would feel very weird sat there watching Twitter um, and, and, you know, other social medias and thinking, oh, nothing's happening. And, you know, the thing is, it's, it's nice to help as well, because at some point you hope that you would get that reciprocated maybe in years down the line. But at the same time, I like the buzz. I like the energy of that that hour. It's kind of interesting to see it all unfold. And if you've been in the, in that situation before, it's quite interesting. If you've never seen it before, it can be overwhelming. But as I said, breathe, breathe, take your time, breathe. The, I think the reason why people do panic as well is just the lack of information. I do know that there was somebody else that was taken on board as their social media bod um, when it comes to uh, kind of updates on the various platforms. Obviously, on the, the Toucan blog and uh, for uh, Facebook, they've been very active and they've been very good at uh, doing updates. When it comes to actual Twitter, they've kind of let that slide, which <laughs> is really kind of frustrating. Twitter was definitely the line of communication uh, for people to get a sense of how the badges were selling, um, how people were getting in. And we were finding out from other people. It turned, it turned into a bit of a game of Chinese whispers. Mm -hmm. I am desperately hoping if somebody is paying attention, if someone's just dipped in for five minutes from CCI just to watch this on a replay or whatever over the next seven days, can you please have somebody really man your social media and keep people informed? Because otherwise we're just hearing rumor. Can yeah. we let's have it from the horse's mouth, please? Because uh, otherwise, yeah, we just we need that. We need that yeah okay um so all we can say is really it's the best process we've got the process we know we know it well at this point so all we can say is for myself and mark and everyone on the podcast just best of luck to you and the advice stands he's absolutely right um once it's all random it's out of your hands at the end of the day may the luck of the gods go with you no uh, no 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 oh okay okay you go different go on then May the force be with you. No, I, I don't. Yeah, we're nerds. What are you talking about? I, I don't deal with um, crap religion. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't deal with um, f these fleeting things. I go with the the more Norse god. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. may, the, may the gods uh, be in your favour. Sacrifice various buckets of KFC for your <laughs> for your uh, the best of luck to you. That's all I can say. Uh, may the swart. <laughs> May the Swartz be with you. There we go. That's the one. That's, That's the, one. the one. May the That's Swartz be with you. Brilliant. Nicely done, Graham. Excellent stuff. Best of luck to everyone uh, on next week's um, badge sale. I'm probably going to be doing a little bit of a live stream, but, of course, the unofficial blog are doing theirs as well. Why double up? We might as well just uh, let, we'll let them do what they do. And uh, at the end of the day, we'll, uh, I'll, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll all talk. We'll all get in there and we'll uh, kind of uh, talk about how it's gone. Do come and join us next week as well to kind of let us know how you did go. Uh, let us know how your experience was, if there were any glitches. Um, you never know. This may be the one where things go horribly wrong and the gremlins kind of get involved. So uh, who knows? No, uh, it won't. No, it won't. You're giving people anxiety. It won't be. You'll be fine. Everybody will be fine. Don't worry hang about on, it. Hang on a second. Touching wood. <laughs> there we go. Right. Um, moving on. I think we'll just say our farewells then and uh, we'll say our, uh, goodbye and good luck to everyone. Mark, uh, where can people find you online, sir? 
uh on twitter at mark underscore sibby website mark uh my book about al pacino is available on all ebook stores and physical copy on ebay um i'm sure there's other things i should say i can't remember do you post on any websites at all uh a few i mean you know the con collective somebody runs that i don't really know there's some articles on there um and uh com slash mark serby he's got his own dedicated corner of the site for god's sake i have exclamation mark as well that's what it's called it's a lovely yeah. title yes exclamation um, mark i love it yeah uh so on there as well so yes cool uh for myself you can find me on twitter at englishman sdcc and of course uh we try and put our updates up on the con collective i'm going to try over the course of the next <laughs> month or so to stop doing the convention stuff on the englishman uh twitter and just make that a geek and nerd and just the stuff i'm interested in um twitter and all the convention stuff and all because i try and go on about four or five times a day posting and resharing all the updates from the various conventions around the globe at the moment the site is not where i want it to be uh, we are currently focusing on englishman in san diego the sandbox which is run by dan berry and also mark's uh, exclamation mark part of the site eventually those three will be pushed down all the way all the way down and it's just gonna be pure convention stuff updates um uh, guest announcements guest cancellations uh, calendars all that kind of stuff is going to take be the predominant feature of the site. It's just getting it to work. So bear with us. It is on its way. Uh, considering that I believe I've still got some placeholders on the left-hand side sidebar, which need to get sorted. It looks so amateur hour. It's, I need to work it out. Um, if you want to support, of course, you can uh, head to patreon.com slash Englishman SCCC. I want to advertise that because I've been posting, if you've been seeing my social media feed, I've been posting all sorts of stuff um, over the last seven days from MCM Comic-Con. Lots of panel recordings, lots of panel videos. But I also recorded panel video from the VIP Q&A from Frank Miller, which I'm absolutely certain I was not supposed to do. <laughs> but I did it. I bloody did it. Um, recorded both the audio for both sessions, and I recorded the video for um, the first one on the Saturday. Both of those sessions are on our Patreon page, which means if you're a supporter, you get to look at them. I will say they're very, very good. That man, you'd think to be a little bit doddering. He's getting on a bit now. He's lived a life. He's a little bit fraying around the edges. Mind like a steel trap. He is as sharp today as he was 50 years ago. He's something else. Um, so do head to patreon.com slash Englishman you can just put a dollar in and you can watch the uh, great uh, panels that we hosted with Frank Miller, including some updates for DK4, which were exclusive on there, which I know that Bleeding Cool uh, reported on. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate that. Um, so there we go. Right. Just to uh, remind one more time. There you go. It's the Frank Quitely um, Sketches and Drawings book. You can win this. Um, all you have to do is use the hashtag CupOT versus bs bhp who are the publishers of the book okay use that hashtag and tell us what your favorite frank quietly work is is it one of his early stuff is it a certain piece of art is it a is an issue of a run is it a, a certain graphic novel that he's done frank quietly fans front and center you could be a winner of this book and uh, we'll announce the winner of that next week 
Thank you very much indeed. Uh, let's uh, just wrap things up on this. Um, Sarita P, live long and prosper. Patrick, mm -hmm. uh, have a great week. Good, good luck to everyone on Saturday. Dan Berry, that sandbox section of the Convention Collective is pretty damn good. <laughs> Honestly, the ego of the man. Um, the, that interview with Keith Giffen was pretty good also. Yes, I'll let him have that one, especially I came up with the questions. So, hey, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Have yourself a good week. Do take care and best of luck next Saturday. From myself and Mark, we'll see you next week. Take care. See ya.